Hey, what's up? This is Mark Lopes from Metal Church of Rasta Boss Band. Let us pray. And you'll listen to Aftershocks TV. And for, don't forget to keep it fucking metal. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Aftershocks TV. And we've got a real special guest joining us today on this episode. You'll know him as the guitarist from legendary stoner rock stalwarts, the mighty Fu Manchu. And he's here today to talk about his new band, or bands, I should say, both Slower and Big Scenic Nowhere. We got Mr. Bob Balch with us here on Aftershocks. Bob, thanks for coming on with us, man. Thanks How for are having you? me, you guys. Nice to meet yeah. you. Yeah, nice to meet you, too, Bob. Thanks for coming on, man. Well, let's get right into it, Bob. Uh, like I was just talking about, Slower, the new supergroup. It's got five doom-laden versions of tracks from the legendary thrash metal legend Slayer. And, man, you got quite the lineup on this doom metal lineup. I mean, if anyone's into doom metal, they're going to love this lineup. Obviously, you've got the uh, legend- another legendary figure in the Stone Rock scene, ex-Caius and an obsessed bassist Scott Reeder. you got Peter from Lowrider on bass. you got Esben from Monolord on drums. And, of course, you got the duo vocalists, uh, the female vocalists, Laura Pleasants from Kylisa and Amy Barry-Smith from Year of the Cobra. So, Bob, man, I mean, just, I guess, give us a rundown, if you don't mind, of how this project, or this band, I should say, really was initially conceived by you. When did this all come together? Uh, about four years ago. And uh, <clears throat> I teach guitar for a living when I'm not touring and stuff. So I was teaching somebody uh, south of heaven, and they're a beginner, so we had to slow it down. Okay. And I thought it sounded really cool, slowed down. And so I have this pedal called a drop pedal, and I just lowered the tuning real quick and played it. And I was like, well, that's that's pretty heavy. Someone should call that slower, you know, and mm. as a joke. <laughs> and then I went home and, and went online and found, like, the Slayer font generator and just put slower in there and then saw it. And I was like, that looks pretty damn cool, man. Nice. I got I to gotta follow through on that. <clears throat> and so I just kind of kicked it around for a bit. And, uh, and then uh, I... I met um, I met the the drummer of Poison Idea backstage at a Fu Manchu show in Portland, mm-hmm. and uh, we we got to talking about music and stuff, and and we kept in touch over the years. And then during COVID, he was like, "Send me some jams," and I'm like, "Well, I'm doing this thing. I've been messing around with these Slayer riffs, really slowed down, like like heavy Slayer riffs. I, I call it slower." And he's like, "Dude, send me that shit." And uh, yeah, I sent him some stuff, and he was like, "Let's do it." And I was working so much during COVID because, you know, people were all stuck at home and everything. A lot of people were signed up for lessons, which was, you know, it's kind of cool. Kept me busy, mm-hmm. but I waited too long. And he, unfortunately he passed away like yeah. the day I sent him the tracks, mm-hmm. which yeah, totally yeah. fucking spooked me. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to even, I'm never going to see this through. This is just weird. You know? Oh, it was the day you sent the tracks. Oh, wow. I sent the tracks yeah. in the evening. And when I woke up in the morning, I didn't see a response uh-huh. or anything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck, he hates them, you know? And then. And then later on that day, I was just scrolling through fucking blabbermouth or something, and I saw a Poison Idea drummer passes away, and I was like, "Oh, dude, oh, shit, yeah, yeah." If it, it was fucking weird, it's really weird timing, and and I I only knew the guy for about a year, and you know we we talked a lot during COVID, and he he was a sweet he was a sweetheart, and yeah, it sucks, but so yeah, so I shelved it for a year, and then and then once uh, um, 
you know, COVID's rolling on and we're all stuck at home. And I saw the drummer Ma Lord was posting stuff about mm -hmm. collaborating online. And uh, I was just like, whatever, I'll just send it to him and see what we do with this. And he kept it alive. I got to hand it to him because if it wasn't for him, I would have been like, ah, fuck it. It's a weird idea anyway. And he's like, no, this is killer. We got to keep we got to keep pushing this. And um, so, yeah, we just started reaching out to people we knew to see if they want to get involved. And and the lineup just kind of fell, fell into place, which is how, how you see it right there. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, like as I was saying before, anyone who who's into doom metal is very familiar with all these individuals, musicians. And and me personally, I'm I'm a huge fan of when it comes to doom metal of having a female vocals. I think it's just something about it that yeah. just you know meshes so well with the ambiance of the music and everything. So mm -hmm. I mean, how did you go about really choosing who to be on this uh, record, and especially you know uh, with with getting uh, both Amy and uh, Laura on vocals? Yeah. So once I started sending stuff um, to Sweden to get drums, and, and then. We, we were talking about who would we get to sing and i reached out to laura because i've known her for a while i wanted female vocals too i figured mm -hmm. like if we're going to slow this down and make it a little bit different we might as well try to make it as different as possible because if mm -hmm. you had like a screaming dude over it you know yeah it would yeah. be fine mm -hmm. it would work but then it would be kind of predictable mm -hmm. so then I, I wanted someone to actually sing on it and make it you know a little bit more ambient sounding um so yeah L laura from kylessa sang on south of heaven first and then her schedule got really busy and so we were like all right well you know let's just see who else we can get involved maybe we can get a bunch of people to do this and he gave me a list of uh suggestions and and i heard amy's voice so i'm like oh that's she's fucking that's it right there yeah mm -hmm. i agree you know, she's so rad and so we, we sent all the things to her and she was like yeah let's do this and just killed it mm -hmm. you know so that that was really cool and uh, i mean i'm aware you're the cobra but i was aware of them beforehand mm -hmm. but working with her it, it's just yeah it's crazy to hear her tracks isolated i'm like how the fuck is she doing this <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> yeah nice. and then actually i played a gig yeah. with you're the cobra with this other group yawning balch that i, I do with mm -hmm. the, the guys in yawning man and got to actually see her play and it was it was rad so yeah and then we got scott reader from kaius i've done numerous things with him i love his bass playing i've known peter for years um from lowrider so yeah we just kind of emailed people we were thinking about and the wish list kind of you know became reality so it was cool yeah nice no, definitely yeah i mean just you know going over the the five tracks that you did pick for for the record i mean obviously the three out of the five are from seasons in the abyss and um obviously south of heaven of course is from that record and then you have the antichrist which is off the show no mercy i mean was it difficult to figure out which songs you wanted to pick from the band's catalog i mean how did you go about the song selection with that well south of heaven was the first one and and that one kind of you know once i heard what it sounded like slow down i was like okay here, here's what we got to find is if the riff is really gnarly and fast if you slow it down too much you're not really going to even recognize it anymore mm -hmm. um because i was fucking with like rain and blood and shit like that but it, it yeah so it's got to be something that you can already sort of hum in your head and and seasons uh, seasons has a bunch of songs that are like mid-tempo for slayer yeah mm -hmm. and uh, i love that record i mean that, that came oh, out yeah. right when i was like figuring mm -hmm. out the guitar yeah well i think what is that 91 mm -hmm. i think 90, i was maybe 90, like 13 yeah. or something but yeah that that record was a big one for me and trying to play war ensemble as a kid i was like i can't fucking play this fast how do they jump from <laughs> string to string like that you know and, mm -hmm. uh so as, as an adult now covering it i was like i fucking nailed it but not really because it's slowed down <laughs> yeah yeah um, but yeah i, I listened to a decade of aggression so when i would mm, i drive okay. an hour to Fu Manchu practice every thursday so every once in a while i'd throw that on and listen to it 
and then just be like, oh, this this is kind of a humble riff. You know, you could kind of picture it slowed down. Yeah, that's how the Antichrist came about. And uh, mm, okay. I started fucking with um, a couple of other ones, but yeah, those are the ones that stuck. But uh, right right now, we're actually doing, we're starting an EP um, of three other ones. They're, they're uh, nice. old, old Slayer, Slayer, Slayer songs. So uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting to hear how, how that shit kind of presents itself when you slow it down and tune it down. and. Hey Bob, when when I heard it, um, obviously when I heard the heard of the concept, slower doing Slayer covers, so I never got the concept. I'm just a dumb fuck, so I never picked up that are slower Slayer songs. But when I listened to it, I I actually forgot I was listening to Slayer. So I'm a huge Slayer fan. I know the songs, but when they're slowed down, you you can hear the arrangements. They're almost slowed down, so your brain takes it in because yeah. Slayer just comes at you like a like a sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah. So when you're walking around doing shit like walking the dog or just driving or whatever, you forget you're listening to to Slayer <laughs> tracks by yeah. you guys, which is which is awesome because because it's not just an EP of covers because they've been done to death and whatever, and they're great for for just kind of throw away, listen to it once and then never listen to it again. But and I was listening or looking at some of the reviews, but I like to listen to it first and then read the reviews because reviews can play with your head a little bit yeah yeah like with you know with the metal hammer metal injection whatever and the reviews that i've seen have been absolutely stellar they've been so solid but for two questions on this do you take notice of those reviews and before you answer that when you release this what's your ex your personal expectation of what's this likely to happen or where's it likely to go uh well i guess to address the second question i i don't even know i mean honestly i I really like teaching guitar mm. and I like sitting in this chair surrounded by amps and guitars and just talking guitars with people all day. So I was thinking like, well, if I release this, it just, you know, will hopefully ripple into the future where somebody hears it like 20 years from mm. now and goes like, Oh, this dude's still teaching the guitar. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm a lifer at this point. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Else yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so all these things I'm doing are hopefully setting up things in the future that I can continue to just sit in my garage and play the guitar and just shoot the shit with people mm. and, and make money doing that. But um, I don't know. I, I didn't really plan too far ahead. I mean, there's talk of, of doing some shows and stuff, which I would yeah, be interested in checking yeah. out. Yeah, that, that would be really fun. Um, I, I, I'm toying with the idea of doing other band, like throwing other bands into that treatment and seeing mm -hmm. what happens. Um, like who? Can, you, of, can you say who they are? Well, I, I've been listening to a lot of thrash metal lately and just with that mindset, like, would this be, would this sound cool? Slow down. Mm. and uh i don't know i mean morbid angel uh oh, nice. i've been listening to a lot of old sepultura uh first death angel record i was playing evil priest and going like shit this might be kind of cool too yeah yeah um it would have to be stuff that people kind of already know you know mm. i don't want to get too obscure um but i don't know maybe it'll just stay how it is and, and do it that way i mean i, I fucking mm. love slayer and hopefully hopefully those guys hear it and dig it i mean gary holt gave us the thumbs up online so that was really cool yeah that was one of my next questions i need to slayer guys come back so that that answers that one but i read the story about that um uh the beginning guitar player and you know slowing it down or whatever does that kid or whoever that was has any idea of this concept no <laughs> and it was so long ago too i don't even remember who, what student it was i just remember laughing and going oh this would be rad actually yeah. i do kind of i do kind of remember the student because when did uh when did motley cruise the dirt come out 
two or three years, years ago. ago? Okay, so it was before that, but I remember teaching that kid during the dirt, and he after that movie came out, he showed up with a full on like hair metal haircut. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so really? I, I wow. remember who the kid is. Hopefully, he sees this. I mean, I was like, dude, you're fucking going for it. He's like, I'm getting a lot of um, I'm getting a lot of attention from like middle-aged women with this haircut <laughs> i was like okay you are dude yeah keep it keep going yeah because he was like maybe 20 and just trying to figure out you know what yeah yeah going i on. get just it hair metal thing but yeah so i was teaching that kid and uh um yeah i don't know we laughed about it i don't even know what, what that kid's up to but hopefully he sees this and goes shit i, I kind of lended a hand that was me him. yeah yeah, nice, <laughs> nice man. Well, Bob, just to switch gears here, obviously, as we were uh, talking before we came on here, you, it's not just slow. You got uh, new music coming out from. You've got a brand new album from Big Scenic Nowhere now. Right now, today is Thursday the first, and so it comes out tomorrow, uh, February second. So by the time everyone is seeing this, they'll be able to mm-hmm. go ahead and check out this record. And um, uh, the way down, obviously, is the name of the album. I mean, I know it's early in the year, but I gotta say, man, it's already got to be up there. One of the best heavy rock albums of the year right now. Oh I mean, wow! I, Thank I, you. I, I, I yeah, this is I think the best work you guys have done, in my opinion, out of the EPs Thank and you. the records. Yeah, I appreciate that a lot. That that album was like three years in the making. So oh really? It's, okay. it's funny how like these things are just going bang bang like week after week. But I, I'll be yeah. I'll be silent for a bit. Until you know, mm-hmm. Fumichu's got a record coming out in May, a, a double record. So that'll be my mm-hmm. uh, the next release that I'm part of. But yeah, that one comes out Friday. Uh, Big scenic nowhere, and uh, yeah, it's three years, and uh, it's it's mostly um, it's jams from the last record. Okay. And then there was a time during COVID when when Gary and I went into the studio, Red Barn Studios, and we just we just recorded guitars with a um, we, we recorded guitars with a drum track. So, you know, I'd program a drum track or whatever, and we would just jam. And then that way I could go home and that stuff's on the grid and I could kind of move it around and organize it. Um, so it's partly live jam stuff that we've, mm. that Tony Reed has cut down and make songs and put vocals on. And part of it is is out of jams that Gary and I did. Um, and I think, to, yeah, it was like 2021, maybe. Mm, okay. Um, and then and then the Hall Notes cover was just something we, we threw together to be like, oh, this will be yeah. fun to fuck yeah. around with so it's kind of yeah it's over the course of a few years but i think the album sounds pretty coherent um mm-hmm. given that that you know it's it's kind of all over the place timeline wise but um yeah i'm pretty proud of it, it came out pretty good yeah i mean i well I, one of the things that you kind of i guess just kind of alluded to i it feels like the songs on this record it's it's a little more song oriented than jammy yeah. Is, would that be correct you'd say yeah, yeah yeah so the the way down like that song was a 20 minute jam and that oh, okay. was like the last jam. We, I think we got together for two days when we recorded that stuff. Um, I mean, it's it's hard to remember like the timelines. <laughs> I'm thinking back like maybe that was just from the two days from tw- 2021, the, the, everything on that record. But anyway, yeah, it was like a 20 minute jam. That it was the last jam of the day, and Tony Reed just threw this riff out. He's like, let's let's try this. And then it's weird with those guys how the structure will just write itself. You know, it, you got to mm. clean it. It's like mm, it's a you gotta sure. you gotta pick it up and dust it off and go what the fuck is this? But yeah, everything you're hearing on on that song, the, the way down, um, it all kind of just wrote itself. And then okay. and then it's it's a matter of going home and looking at it. I mean, I'm a dork. Like I'll write it up like a timeline with pencil mm-hmm. and be like, all right, th- this is this section, that's this <laughs> section, and then and then go well, I could use this pedal instead, and I'll re-record my part. But most of it just kind of writes itself. Um, and then but we chop we chop it up and trim the fat a little bit so that that one was pretty jammy 
Western Surf was a jam one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other ones, I think, were the more the um, organized kind of on the grid things. Yeah, but, I'm I'm yeah. loving the cover that album cover. Tell me about that. It's like something from like MC5 or you know something from the 1970s, like a Tangerine Dream or something. That's that, <laughs> yeah, it, I love Tangerine awesome. Dream's artwork. Yeah the, yeah, the guy that the guy that did the artwork for the first few EPs and 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 uh, full lengths, his schedule got extremely busy, um, and so he was doing. I mean, he's been he's doing stuff for like New York Times now and like all kinds mm. of like. Oh, wow posters for like Def Leppard and shit. So he's like, yeah, I don't know. And we were kind of, we weren't on a timeline. We, we had no deadline, but I, I don't know. I just was like, I don't want to wait around. So my, a good friend of mine who I've known for years, John McGill, um, did that cover. And I just sent him the other covers and I'm like, Hey, could you do something sort of along those lines? Cause I, I really like, um, like the artwork that on yes albums. Yeah. That's that, what it looks it's, like. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. It's like it, every album kind of relates to the previous one and so yep. on and so forth. So, yeah, I think I think he did a great job, and and my friend John McGill did the artwork for the Awning Bullets records. He's done artwork for Fu Manchu records before, so yeah, it was a pleasure working with him. And yeah, yeah. That's the well, with the title track, you know, the way down. That's uh, speaking of that track. I mean, one of the things that sticks out on that man, that I didn't realize was, I mean, we all know that you know Tony's obviously a great you know vocalist and and guitar player from Mosh Generator for years and all his projects. Mm-hmm. But man, he could fucking play bass. I mean, he yeah. kills it on this whole record. But that song, particularly, it almost reminds me like he's Glenn Hughes up there doing something. Man, he just is phenomenal. That I mean, when you so you were saying before about the songwriting. So these songs now really start with just you kind of messing around, huh? And just coming up with an idea, just kind of piecing it together, like you said. Yeah, a lot of them are yeah. from uh, Gary from Yanni Man. Like he'll plan a seed. Okay. We'll all get in the studio, and nobody knows what's gonna happen. And he'll be like, here, check this out. And he'll just start playing. And then we all kind of fumble around until we figure out our parts. And then then we're just off and running for 20 minutes. Then it kind of writes itself. But yeah, Tony Reed is, I mean, anything that guy does is mm-hmm. insane. Like drums, bass, guitar, vocals, mixing, mastering. It's it's kind of gnarly. It weirds mm-hmm. me out. Because <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how, how you have like, I don't know, that much control over every aspect of all that stuff. And, and he's better than most people at all of it. Mm-hmm. yeah it's it's weird so yeah, yeah it, it's a pleasure to work with him too because i mean it, it, when i hear what he does to the songs and then how he how he mixes it and everything it's exactly i'm like oh yeah that's totally what i would want to hear nice you know? uh, so i know bob you said that obviously you teach guitar and the whole uh, slur came from that with that um with that student but talk to me about playthisriff.com because i jumped on board today and i was obviously looking at all like anthrax and all the great players and the decapitated around there shit like that. So talk to me about that a little bit and tell us, tell our viewers what, uh, what to expect if they jump on board. So that, that started, I think uh, it's been a long time around 2008. And uh, I, I was always kind of fearful of computers, like, uh, cause I just had the shittiest computer on earth. You know, <laughs> I turn it on and I'd have to go surf and then get breakfast and come home and it would still oh. be booting up. You know, nice. and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, how does anyone get anything done? With I mean, it's 2006 or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I got a Mac, and and I, I realized how how user friendly it was, and and I saw the little camera thing, and I'd never even seen what my fingers looked like playing, and I was like, oh, this is weird. Like, it's a weird. It's the I don't play in front of the mirror or any of that shit. So I was like, looking at my hands, going, that, that's a weird thing to do. And then I started thinking, like, well, I could probably like teach Fu Manchu songs, and I was originally just gonna put the videos on like itunes or something mm. 
And then I thought about, well, people could like steal them and share them like people were doing with music at the time. So if I if I bought a site that had like a subscription based thing and had a firewall and you couldn't you had to like access it once you paid, then I could put all the videos on the on that side. And so I started do I started just stockpiling Fu Manchu ideas. It was originally just gonna be a Fu Manchu website for that. And then mm. I thought I should get a band or two to help promote it if I could get them on board. And Exodus was the first band. Mm-hmm. that i reached out to and and they were like yeah let's do it and i was like fuck that worked <laughs> that's crazy and yeah. so i went and interviewed exodus uh the bass player from exodus and in doing so befriended their tour manager slash manager uh who became our tour manager on the road and saved our life mm-hmm. numerous times in, in the fu manchu van which is a whole other story but yeah so exodus and then i just started to make like a um I mean, for lack of a better term, I would just drunk dial bands. You know, I, at night I would, I'd be writing down like nice. that would be rad. I go through my record collection and be like, this dude, owner, you know, if he'd be into it, and then I would just send out like a hundred emails, and then wake up in the morning and be like, oh, I got like five responses. That's cool. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's a good percentage. Yeah. Any yeah, bands that you want? Any any bands not on there that you're looking for? Anyone specific that you're? Kind oh, of I mean, targeting? there's there's so many. I, I would love to see. I I would like to see Fugazi on there just because mm. the guitar work on there is very very strange. Um, I, I emailed Ian, but I, I never heard back. But uh, okay, well, I mean, uh, I it, I could just go on and on though, like about all the old hardcore bands I like to see, jazz guys I'd like to see. I mean, shit, I don't know how much time you guys have, but uh, yeah, there, there's a lot, there's a lot of like a lot of old thrash metal shit I like to see, yeah. like stuff that it, it, it I'd want to see stuff that people have a hard time figuring out or a hard time playing, and I also hmm. want stuff that's like really easy for me because it would be cool for like a beginner, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you did have Alex Lifeson on one of your on, on a Fuma Juice. <laughs> you could get, yeah, I mean, yeah, Rush Alex would be, on, yeah. There's another on, one. Yeah, you know? Rush would be insane, and yeah, all that shit. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, Bob, I mean, you you've got you know really just a, a smorgasbord really of different styles of rock and metal that you've obviously now you've been involved with but as you've been talking about i mean you know um with with play this riff i, I even all the stuff you've done outside of fu manchu i mean obviously with big scenic nowhere like you said before yawning balch is really jammy you've got the slower stuff doomy you've got sun sail club which is more like punky and you know just really aggressive mm-hmm. stuff i mean and obviously yeah play this riff like you said you've got anywhere from venom to like reverend horton heat you got like everything on there so it really tells me that you really you you're you're not just really a, a very you know prominent musician in a legendary you know band, but also a huge fan of music, especially especially obviously rock and metal as well. I mean, when it comes to like you choosing maybe what to do outside of Fu Manchu, whether it's with the projects, the bands, or even with play this riff or whatever you do your lessons. I mean, how do you really go about choosing what you want to do and not do, and sort of delineate you know from all this different I guess you know plate of of things that you can be doing? How do you do that? I mean, it, it's just, I, I guess, inspiration, you know, sometimes okay. I'd want to sit down and play something really heavy and other mm-hmm. times I want to sit down and play something kind of mellow, you know, okay. and you can't, I can't really force it. So it's mm. whatever at the time is like, yeah, do this. And, and it's just seeds that get planted everywhere. And yeah, okay. I got, I got ADD. So I got to be like, all right, these seeds have to grow or else. Cause I got mm-hmm. too many fucking seeds laid out. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and, then I, and then I have to like, make sure that, okay, this one needs to, I have to pay attention to this one. I actually have to like mm. write it in a fucking calendar, like do that this day, asshole. Like, don't, don't yeah. just sit around. Yeah, time and, block. And, You're time blocking here. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got I got I fire myself. I rehire myself. It's a whole thing. But yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just but some days I just want to play mellow shit, and other days I want to play heavy mm. shit, and then just mm-hmm. fucking, you know, let, let let's see what happens with the inspiration side of things. But yeah, play this riff. Um, 
that was really fun to do to interview all those those musicians yeah and so mm -hmm. i with picking those people i would just look at either my record collection and go oh, that would be rad or i i would go to venues in town i live in san diego and and i'd, mm -hmm. I'd see you know who's coming to town and then i'd be like oh, that, that club's like 10 minutes from my house i'll go there and interview people yeah and try and grab them so that nice. kind of you know that's how the venom stuff came along and uh, a lot of those bands they're they're all filmed at at brick by brick casbah okay nice um belly Great up places. and house of blues in san diego yeah. sweet great venues yeah i used to live down here myself so i love oh you did where, where do you live those. yeah oh, i've got mission valley point loma okay. claremont mostly around yeah mid yeah area. right on yeah, yeah. i'm yeah. all familiar with all that shit <laughs> yeah hell yeah so i mean one thing i i read too about you bob nat you are a natural born left-handed correct but you play right-handed obviously guitar how did how did I mean, how did you wind up doing that? I mean, I, and I wanted to know, is there any technical advantage or something that you kind of maybe have because of that? I would, I would assume something you could I, yeah, do. I mean, it's, very, right? it's strange to me that people like play the guitar and their dominant hand is doing the strumming because there's so much more shit going on over here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, I played upside down for a, a long time when I was a kid and uh, it sounded like shit. And I, I, I was like, Oh, I'm never going to be able to play this thing. And you know, I had no idea the strings were upside down. You know, I bought like a chord book and tried to make the chords and they sounded like shit. I bring the guitar into the place that I ended up working at. And that's how I met Brad and Fu Manchu, but that's another story. And I'm like, will you guys tune this? And then I bring it home and it still sounded like shit. And then I took lessons at that store. And the first thing the guy did was flip over the guitar. And he's like, do it that way. And I'm like, oh, that's better. Thank you. <laughs> so I, I didn't know. And he's like, here, this is how you play one from Metallica. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm fucking doing it. Like, because that's a pretty easy move oh. to do. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then I, I was hooked ever since. And I've been playing every day since then for, you know, forever. Bob, we're talking about, you know, different projects and different musicians. And, you know, we're kind of jumping around to that, that we didn't even talk on uh, the fool yet. But uh, who are your influences? Like when you were, you know, 13, 14, what made you pick up a guitar, listen, go to a concert? Where did you, where did you pull it from? Because, you know, Matt and I come from obviously different sides of the world, but you know, our introductions were early teens and it was whatever band it was. Mine was like Thin Lizzy, Saxon, Maiden, um, you know, Judas Priest, whatever. Where did you come from at that age to build upon what, you're, what you are today and what your, your repertoire is becoming? I mean, pretty much the bands you just mentioned also, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I'm 46. My brother is 10 years older than me and, and um, he got shipped off to the army for, you know, he was kind of, my parents couldn't control him or whatever. He was into the heavy metal. Okay. So, All right. Okay. Yeah, so he yeah. got, yeah, he got shipped off and, and left behind <laughs> his guitar and his, his heavy metal records and shit. And so I would go through those and um, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that, that opened my eyes a lot. I still have the guitar. It's like an old nylon string mm. guitar and try to play ACDC shit on that and everything. But yeah, I mean, um, growing up, it was, yeah, ACDC, um, fucking early Metallica shit, Maiden yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like all, yeah. all that stuff. Um, Sabbath. Um, my brother was trying to get me into Dio era Sabbath. I was like, fuck that Aussie or nothing. But now that I'm older, I love both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, going through those records and growing up in the, in the eighties and stuff. I mean, MTV actually played music videos and you had headbangers mm -hmm. ball and I would, I would record That's headbangers right. ball every Saturday and get up Sunday and just sit there and watch all those videos over and over again. Um, that that was pretty rad and a lot of that was like hair metal stuff but then i heard um like punk rock and i was like wait what like i i went to tower records uh to to go you know i would just go through the records and buy whatever looked cool and and uh, dri violent pacification nice. had a 
had a fucking dude with a bayonet and you know, a skeleton. <laughs> yep. And I was like, that looks insane. And then uh, I bought another DRI cassette that had like 30 songs on it for like $5. And I, I never even heard them. And I'm like, this is like the hardest working band ever. Like mm-hmm, they're yeah. a band for the people, 30 mm-hmm. songs, $5. And I, I put it on at home and I thought my tape player was broken because it's so fast. And, yeah. And, mm-hmm, and then yeah. I, that opened up a lot of shit. I was like, well, what else is out there? And then Misfits and, and, um, black flag and, and bad brains and all that, that right. shit started to present itself but that dri um cassette i was like what the fuck is this that, that was a big one for me you ever stop becoming a fan like uh, the reason i ask that I, I tend to ask these in interviews because like i'm a big rock and metal fan i'm jumping on blabbermouth and i've got all i know what's coming out who produced what where, when and who's guest musician what tours coming through town so I, I and i said this recently and i said if i was in the biggest metal band in the world i'd still be a fan by the back buying classic rock magazine and whatever do you ever stop becoming a fan and knowing what's going on in the business or are you because you're a full-time musician you're in the business is there does that stop or you just continue on as you always been no I, i'm still a fan i'm still a fan i mean I, mm. I i mean i listen to a lot of the same shit i grew up listening to like every day yeah um, yeah but yeah i mean dude i like we toured with motorhead and just like even even like wow, standing yeah. next to lemmy i was like holy shit yeah. nice they're yeah. like like we met devo and i almost fucking had a heart attack oh like, shit that, that oh, kind yeah. of stuff like i still get like starstruck and weirded out by yeah yeah I don't. I don't think that'll ever stop. Really. Okay, I love that. Yeah, I love hearing that because I ask every musician, and I just can't imagine not being a fan, irrespective of whether you're a famous musician or not. So that's yeah, a... it would be it would be strange if a musician got like too big for his britches, and he's like, well, now now that I'm so famous, I don't even. Yeah, care I don't know what's who, going like, on out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, like yeah. the biggest musicians on the planet or biggest rock guys would look at Lemmy and be like, dude, that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's Lemmy, <laughs> like, yeah. I can't yeah, believe yeah. I'm in the same room as that guy. But yeah, we've yeah. had a few moments touring uh, in Fu Manchu where we got to, to meet some of our favorite musicians and yeah. collaborate with them, like Alex Lifeson and yeah, Keith Morris from the Circle Jerks is on a couple things with Fu. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I played a band with uh, Tony from the Adolescents called Sun mm-hmm. Cell Club, sure. and and Scott Reeder from Caius is on there. Like, I, when we would play shows in that band, I would just look over at those two guys and just like, if you find any photos of us playing, I'm just grinning like an mm-hmm. idiot and like, oh my god, it's crazy. Yeah. I'm watching Tony sing and going like, dude, that's the fucking dude from that adolescence. Yeah, that's that's never going to stop. Sweet. Are you, are you guys ever going to do anything else with the Sunset Club? Is that kind of done? For, yeah, for yeah, the, we're uh, we, yeah. we the records recorded. All the drums, bass, vocals, and guitars are recorded. So we got a full oh, length. Nice. Okay. That I I'm I was supposed to do leads today, but like I said, mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not really feeling it today. But I'll get to it. But yeah, I, I gotta go do some leads on that, and then we'll probably start mixing. In like a week, I would assume, like a week or two, oh, and maybe nice. have that out um, mm. in the summer. Nice. Okay. Um, that, that that should be pretty fun too. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. and I think uh, Heavy Psych Sounds, I believe, is going to reissue the earlier ones too, along with this one. So that'll be fun to put oh. all three all three records out at once and let people yeah. dig into those. Nice. That's sort of like your home label now, right? You got all your stuff on Heavy Psych Sounds, it looks like, right? Yeah, yeah. it's been a good relationship. I mean, I, the, mm-hmm. the first thing I did with them was uh, Big Scenic Nowhere. Mm-hmm. And, and Gary had known Gabe from, from that label mm-hmm. for a long time. And yeah, it's it's been it's been good. It's been good. I mean, yeah. I, I'm in contact with those guys every single day almost. Because, mm-hmm. you nice. know, with, between, between Big Scenic and, and Slower and everything. Yeah, yeah very cool. 
Well, now you just, you know, I just want to ask one, uh, a, a Fu Manchu question for you. You know, obviously you've been in the band, you know, almost about 30 years now, Bob. And you know, obviously, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, obviously Fu Manchu, man, it's one of just one of those special bands where, I mean, not just your, you know, Stoner Rock fans come out to see the band, you know, the, the you know, fans in the scene or whatever. But I also, when I go to see you guys play all the time, I see and meet fans at those shows who are, they're not really into like the scene or nothing. It's just that they're fans that have loved the band from, you know, back in the 90s and early 2000s. And um, and that's the thing is, you know, I mean, Fu Manchu, you guys weren't one of those bands that were, you know, all over MTV or anything. I mean, you really just did it the old-fashioned way, you know. I mean, just you, you put out consistently great music and toured relentlessly. Um, like you said, you guys are really reminded me of a band like Clutch. You know, you guys mm -hmm. just had the same sort of philosophy. And that's why I think you've just garnished and kept uh, this huge fan base for all these years. Um, you know, so I guess over the last three decades since you've been with the band, I mean, has, is that sort of the, the philosophy of the band just to keep things consistent, you know, musically and, and with touring? Because like I said, you guys, especially here in the States, it's really hard for bands who haven't, like I said, been on the radio or MTV all the time to really keep that kind of fan base. It's not like Europe where once you're a fan, you know, you're a fan for life. It's so different here. So, I mean, what, has that been your guys' philosophy? Is just, you know, just do what you do and just do it consistently? Sort of yeah, I mean, we don't really, like, set out to be like, this is how we're going to do this shit. I mean, mm. we just write music, and we like hanging out with each other and put out records and go go on the road. And if, if people show up, that's cool. And it's, I, I mean, that's why I was laughing, like, 30 fucking years. I I'd never, <laughs> you know, I actually just go, right. I was like, I was 19 when that when we recorded that. And even then, wow. I was thinking, I was like, th th you know, this is going to be pretty cool, but, you know, these things don't last very long. Bands are like a flash in the pan sometimes, and mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, it's uh, we, I, I'm shocked we're still doing it. We and we just got done doing a double record that I I know most bands say this like our newest works our best, but I I think it's fucking amazing. Nice. And I think when when the Fumetti double record comes out, like people are gonna be like, holy shit! Like these guys really like <laughs> they did something special. So um, yeah, that, that art. We just look at like one day at a time. Like let's get together on Thursday and fuck with some yeah. Brits, you know, that that's mm -hmm. about as far ahead as we plan. And until it becomes time to like, well, let's figure out when we're going to tour this year. But yeah, we're, Fumet, she's going to be out uh, starting in May. Okay. Um, and then you know, we'll do a States run in September. Nice. Oh, nice. Okay. And a Europe yeah. run in July and another one in October. Um, is there any music like, coming with that, Bob? I know it's 18 since the last release. And is there any music coming with them? Yeah. Well, uh, the well, yeah, well, the double record coming out. Uh, okay. We're trying to have the double record come out in, in May. Okay, sweet. Um, so like before we start hitting the road, that would be ideal. Hey, Bob, I got one last question from my side and then back to Matt. But how did the Alex Lifeson uh, connection? I'm a huge Rush fan, so I, I need to know this. Um, so our manager knows their manager. Okay. And uh, we were already doing um, an album with the intention of doing one long song on side mm -hmm. two, kind of like some Rush records, you know? Sure. And, uh, yeah. And our manager just mentioned it to theirs, like, yeah, for me, she's doing like a um, side two, like, just it's gonna take up the whole side. And he, I think he was like, would you guys be interested in maybe those guys would want to contribute something? And um, at first, it was Getty and Alex were like, yeah, let's do oh, that. Oh, and we were yeah. like, Jesus Christ, dude, that's like, yeah. that's that's a lot. That's like a rush record, all right, almost. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. caress the steel then, right uh, there. <laughs> and then, 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 yeah, and then Getty got busy. And so, uh, yeah, Alex, Alex is on board, which I, I can't, I still can't believe it. You know, mm -hmm. every once in a while it dawns on me, I'll be like, oh, that's right. He's fucking on a Fu Manchu record. That's crazy. Yeah. 
And so like, I had to email him and be like, oh, excuse me, Mr. Lifeson, uh, I'm a big fan. And uh, I, I was wondering if uh, you wouldn't mind soloing in the key of C sharp at the 15 minute mark. And uh, and so I gave him like, cause it's a long song. I don't want to yeah. be presumptuous and give somebody just like fucking figure it out, dude. So I'm like, here, here's where we could, you know, yeah. use some stuff. And then he did something completely different, which was better. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and yeah, we were like, all right, fucking rad. That's cool. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Great story. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, Bob, so I mean, like you said, obviously now we've got, you got Slower out, you've got Big mm -hmm. Scenic Nowhere out, Fu Manchu, you said double album coming out. I mean, I, I, Sun, uh, Sun Sail Club, like you said, you're laying down the leads. I mean, so I mean, I guess pretty much, I mean, every avenue you've got, every band project you got is pretty much firing all cylinders right now, it seems like. Huh? Anything else you, you've got in the works other than that? Or that's that's um, enough, I'm sure, to keep you busy. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a lot busy. to keep me busy. That's yeah, a lot yeah. to keep me busy. I mean, yeah. when, when Yanni Balch played with um, with Brant Bjork, and, and I was hanging out, he's a Foo's old drummer, Brant. Mm -hmm. and uh we were just hanging out backstage listening to jazz records and, and he's like oh we should do a jazz record i'm like fuck yeah so mm -hmm. i i might go out there in uh i think like june and, and we just record some shit like that um but we've been emailing back and forth like oh we should we should do something like this cannibal adderley thing or, or we do something oh, like nice. this soul life yeah. thing or whatever you know we're going back and forth with with ideas so we'll see i mean uh, he's really busy and and come may fumichu's gonna be really busy but um, I think that'd be really fun to do. Yeah, yeah, so. Cannonball Adderley. That's I, I love him, man. That's that'd yep. be mm -hmm. great if you did someone out, man. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's there's one, a song off Phoenix I want to cover. Uh, I'll send it to him. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I don't know, but I'm gonna be really fucking busy yeah. uh, touring with Foo, and uh, you know we're, we're seeing if we can get some slower dates together, and uh, and and big scenic. So I don't know. We'll nice. See, we'll see yeah. what the rest of the year nice. brings, but. But yeah, Foo's the priority, and and Foo's all, you know, everything's kind of falling in place as far as the tours are concerned. So mm -hmm. it'll be good. Awesome, fantastic. Love it. Well, in the meantime, everybody, go check out Slower, the new record from Bob. And I mean, like I said, just great lineup on this doom metal uh, super group you got here. And of course, Big Scenic Nowhere as well. The Way Down, the new album now, both albums now on Heavy Psych Sound. So Bob, where should we send? Uh, the listeners and the viewers to go, you know, purchase the album and check everything out and keep up with everything you got going on. What's the best place? Or the best yeah, I mean, you can purchase them um, at Heavy Psych Sounds website. Okay. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just follow us on the social stuff and, yep. you know, we'll keep everyone posted as to what we're up to. Awesome. All right. Fantastic. Once again, Bob Balich, man, we really appreciate you coming on and talking with us. And, uh, up. yeah, man, we'll see you uh, on the road with, with Foo or Slow or whoever you got coming on. Solid.